This is Larry H. Russell, host of Celtics Beat and author of Fall of the Boston Celtics. Thank you yet again for downloading the number one podcast on the web which covers the NBA's winningest franchise, Celtics Beat. CLNS Radio truly values your patronage. Because of your loyalty to making Celtics Beat the most downloaded weekly Celtics podcast online, we would love to offer a free copy of my critically acclaimed book available at clnsradio.com slash book. That's clnsradio.com slash book. Happy reading and enjoy today's broadcast. Today is Sunday, March 6th, 2016. This is Celtics Beat on CLNS Radio. I am Larry H. Russell. Today's featured guest will be Howard Beck, senior NBA columnist and radio host at the Bleach Report. Won't have to wait too long for Howard. He will be here very shortly. Howard is kind enough to lend us his time here in this very, very, very early, early hour. Don't know when you're listening to this, but it's very early here on the East Coast on this Sunday, the last Sunday of Standard Time. Spring forward next week. Not sure how I feel about that. I like the dark evenings. As most of you know, I'm in bed very, very early, usually before 7, so not sure I want sunlight at that hour. I'm on the vampire hours. I'd love to say at least that means spring is coming. As we know, those of us who live in the area, we've pretty much had spring these last few weeks or, or months even. Not much of a winter to speak of here in Boston, and it's coming to a close regardless, and you see that in the basketball world as well, as there's just, what, like 17 games left now, is it, that is what it is, 17, I believe, so the playoffs, they're just around the corner, the Boston Celtics will be there, it's now just a matter of if the Celtics can hold on a home court in the first round, hold on to that third seed, stay out of Cleveland's bracket, plenty of feel good about with the Celtics with being here, our great show, great guest today, and again, I don't want to fiddle around too much here with Howard patiently waiting on the line with us, so we've got a lot to talk about with not just where the Celtics are at, but this past week, the perfect homestand, last night's game against the Cavs, so I want to take care of some business on the behalf of the network so we can get to that, so let's bang this out. As everyone knows, tickets, 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 next giveaway, March 23rd, that's Wednesday, March 23rd against the Toronto Raptors, the number two team in the Eastern Conference. How to enter? Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes. Again, subscribe, rate, and review Celix Beat. That is this show on iTunes. Do not forget the review. That is how we see you. Obviously, you cannot leave the rating or the review without a subscription. So again, subscribe, rate, and review. Goes without saying. The review will not show up, but leave that review so we can see you. Winner, again, drawn at random. Subscribe, rate, and review. Celtics Beat on iTunes. Increase your odds. Maybe get a family or friend's phone or computer to do it. Whatever it takes to get those March 23rd tickets against the Toronto Raptors. Huh? So just, again, simply enter by subscribing, rating, and writing a review for Celtics Beat on iTunes. If you need any further help, hit me up on Twitter at CLNS underscore LHR. I'd be glad to give you a hand. And again, still more contests at CLNS Radio, more ticket giveaways, all available. The details are on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Celtics That is facebook.com slash Celtics Still plenty of games left for 2016 if you want to get a head start in getting into those contests. And it may be a prudent plan of yours to do so because the Boston Celtics are sitting pretty here. Again, third in the conference. Suffice to say, we'll be talking about that with you, with our guest right here. On episode number 147 of Celtics Beat, which is being presented by SeatGeek, 
and by Casper. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash Celtics and enter promo code Celtics. I use a Casper mattress myself. It is so soft and comfortable. And I, of course, am not forgetting American FarmersNetwork.com. And today, American Farmers Network is sponsoring our guest segment. So let's get right to this and bring him in here right now. Our interview with Howard is brought to you by AmericanFarmersNetwork.com. A consumer should know where their food comes from and the standards that should be adhered to. And American Farmers Network's meats are produced by the network of small family farmers who are committed to the most natural and compassionate approaches to ranching. Their production standards go above and beyond even USDA regulations, and all of their certified organic beef is 100% grass-fed. From poultry to pork and, of course, beef, AFN's family ranchers are committed to providing you and your family with the healthiest, most nutritious meat so you can live the healthy lifestyle in which you have a right to. So what are you waiting for? Log on to AmericanFarmersNetwork.com and eat and live healthy today. Speaking of waiting, wait no more. Howard Beck, senior staffer at Bleach Report, also co-host of NBA Sunday Tip on BR Radio beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern time, so that's later today and every Sunday for that matter. Howard's been covering the NBA for uh, how, how, many, how many years now, Howard? <laughs> I, I, I hate to even consider it. This is my 19th season now. Well, in New York for the Times, also Los Angeles Daily News as well. Veteran of print journalism now shifting to the world of digital media as we all. Again, Howard Beck, www.bleachreport.com. Howard, first of all, thank you so much for being here. I believe it's the first time you have been on with us. Believe overdue, it or not. Overdue, I guess. Yeah, overdue. Uh, we're only on once a week we're only on once a week it has been a long four years now but it's amazing too how much has changed over the course of the last four years and how much those in the national media are more willing to talk Celtics with us as they were say I don't know oh geez two three years ago when talking about the Celtics was pretty much the equivalent of getting waterboarded but (laughs) believe it or not we're talking about the Celtics here on a Celtics show and starting to get a lot more attention more and more now around the league The national media, I know a lot of eyes were on them last night, last Saturday against the Cavs. So we're here. You're here on your maiden voyage on Celtics Beat. You're a national voice and many amongst the fan base, and thus the audience do care what members of the national basketball media have to say regarding the team. So Howard, my man, take the floor on the Celtics here. (laughs) It's always amazing, actually, as I I kind of make the uh, tour over the course of every every week or so among local radio stations, how much everybody kind of wants – the uh, they need to hear like some outside validation of well we all believe in our team do you believe in our team so uh, that and that that's not just Boston that's everywhere um, look I, I I don't think if it, I, I assume Celtics fans probably see this the way that all of us on the outside did which is what the heck where did this come from because a couple of years ago when Danny Ainge made the decision the wise and timely decision to blow it up and took uh, full advantage of the Brooklyn Nets in the process. I think everybody assumed it was going to be a couple of lean years, and that was a reasonable assumption, and uh, it was the logical path back to respectability because that's what you have to do in the NBA usually. You've got to take a couple steps back to go forward again, especially when you've had a virtual dynasty and your stars have gotten older. And it, you, you know, There's no quick fixes. That's the NBA. There, it's very rare to find the quick fix. What Danny has done might be unprecedented in the salary cap era, to have cashed out these guys for a bunch of picks, a bunch of you know, a bunch of future hope, a bunch of potential, and yet somehow in the meantime, still very quickly become not just competitive, but yeah, more than respectable. You know, third in in the East, uh, 
And, and you know, certainly on a team that, that I think we can all now safely feel is, is going to be a top four team when the playoffs come one way or the other. Um, that's astounding. It is absolutely astounding. And I don't think we should sell short uh, or understate what they've done. Is this a championship team? No, of course not. Uh, do they still have quite a ways to go? Of course they do. And the beauty of that is Danny is sitting on that pile of draft picks and a bunch of really useful players uh, who could be used in, in, a, in a trade that he's been, you know, obviously itching to make for more than a year now, maybe a year and a half, two years. Um, but they are so far ahead of schedule for a team that was stripping down, that was accused of tanking, that uh, I, just, I just think it's absolutely remarkable and i don't think that even danny and mike zarin and the rest of them could have told you oh yeah we you know we saw this coming or you know we knew we could bounce back this quickly with you know uh, a group of, of 10 to 12 really good role players <laughs> um without a star and that's why they're still searching for a star because you you know you need one or two to get anywhere in this league uh but in the meantime what they've done is uh is incredible and, and all credit to obviously you know danny and his front office and to brad stevens an inspired hire again one of those things where at the time everybody said, who? I mean, I think a few people knew his name, familiar with him from, from uh, you know, Butler's runs in the tournament. But um, that was an eye, you know, not, not an eye opener. That was, a, that was an eyebrow raiser at the time, too. So uh, nobody could have seen this coming. It's fantastic. It's been a lot of fun. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're a really, really good team. And they're forcing people to kind of reconsider again, you know, what does it mean to build a, a, a good to great team in the NBA, how do you get there? Because they've done it in a way that uh, you know, we don't see very often because they don't have those transcendent stars. Oh, the, the, the dichotomy between them and, say, Philadelphia and Los Angeles is very interesting. And you're right, I believe it. I don't want to call it a revolutionary way of building a team, but it's. I think it's going to be remake people think or other executives around the league consider about rebuilding teams in the NBA and how to do it in the, the kind of environment that you have to put into place. And it's funny, Danny, I thought was somewhat of a trailblazer back in 2007 and 2008 when they did the three stars to win a championship. And a lot of teams tried to replicate that blueprint. I know Miami did it successfully, but you have teams like the Knicks that really didn't work out well for them. You can now even say that Houston would try to do it with Harden and Howard that looks like that's going to sort of go under. I don't think that's going to produce a championship for them. But I also got to give you a lot of credit, too. You talked, like, heavily about the Celtics there and what they've done this year. And it was, like, five minutes in before the two words Brad and Stevens were mentioned. That's because, like, as soon as you talk, like, that's, that comes, like, right off the bat. Well, I mean, he, I, I probably should have mentioned him sooner, frankly, because I don't know that somebody else in that same role would have gotten uh, them this far this quickly either. Um, it seemed like he was just the perfect coach at the perfect time. But so much of this is about getting the kind of players who, during a time like this, the lean time. Let me, let me back up in my own thought process there for a second. One of the tough things about the NBA is that, you know, you need guys kind of slotted in their right roles, right? And, and guys can grow into bigger roles. You know, uh, you know Damari Carroll wasn't a, you know, a, a big-time rotation player until one day all of a sudden with the Hawks, he was. Um, and so you don't necessarily want to pigeonhole guys. But one of the toughest things NBA teams uh, deal with is, you know, let me use the, the Nets as an example. Brooke Lopez is a really good scorer who is miscast as a number one option. He should be a number two or three guy on a good team. Um, you know, Thaddeus Young is, is putting up some numbers for the Nets, but really Thaddeus Young, you know, he shouldn't be the number two guy on, on, on any good team. He's got to be the number four or five guy on, on a 
really uh, a true contending team. What the Celtics have are a bunch of guys who you're you're looking down the roster and saying that guy's not a number one, that guy's not a number one, that guy's not a number one, and most of these guys aren't even twos or threes necessarily in terms of a pecking order on a contending team. And so usually what happens in those situations is things get worked. Guys overdo it. Guys are playing outside of, of where their, their comfort zone is or are asked to do more than they're capable of. But that's not the case right now with this team. Everybody's playing a role perfectly, and that's where coaching comes in because a lot of, you know, look, there's the X's and O's, and I know he's great with after, you know, after timeout uh, plays, and th- there's a lot of, of uh, other elements to this. But one of the most important things a coach does is simply getting players to buy in to the overall big picture scheme and their own place in that scheme. And you've got a bunch of guys who are, I mean, look, they've got what, six guys averaging 10 points or more, uh, seven, if you it want. Might be, they might be seven, I think actually. Uh, yeah. yeah. They haven't, uh, as we, as we speak, seven turners at 9.8. So seven guys who are averaging basically 10 points or more. Um, there have been a few teams in the past we've seen, you know, do this, including last year's Hawks were kind of like this, but uh, it can be a tough sell, you know, uh, the NBA players have egos and, you know, uh, they have, they have uh, you know, needs to to show everything they can do. And um, what they've done here with this group that's very young, too, uh, overall, you know, almost all these guys are, you know, 25 or under, uh, you know, a couple of guys 26 or older, but the vast majority are under 25. Um, again, it's it's remarkable. And, and, and all credit to Brad Stevens for being able to kind of corral and channel the talent that they do have. Um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes from here. But again, they're ahead of schedule. And we know that ultimately what's going to happen, you know, one of, one of these days, somebody's going to become available, maybe very soon, maybe July 1st, maybe even at the, on draft night. And Danny's going to swing a big trade and you're going to say goodbye to some of these guys that, that your fans are getting attached to. But uh, but it's going to be for a bigger reward. Uh <laughs> We're going to get there, maybe in a more indirect manner. Mentioned getting a player or players, and maybe as soon as July 1st. So let's shake that tree for what it's worth, Howard. Plenty to talk about with the Celtics and around the league, as the Celtics are now in the daily discussion of what's relevant in today's NBA. Hang on, though. We've got to break for a very brief word. But stay with us. Celtics Beat is here with Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report. Thank you for downloading another edition of Celtic Speed. Today's episode is being presented by Casper. Casper's mattress is an obsessively engineered mattress using two technologies, latex and memory foam, which come together for better nights and brighter days. It's a comfortable mattress that has just the right sink and bounce. A Casper mattress provides long-lasting comfort and support, and you can buy it easily online and completely risk-free. Casper truly understands and puts a premium on what is best for the consumer. They know the importance of truly trying out a mattress, something in which you spend a third of your life on. Therefore, Casper offers free delivery and planeless returns within a 100-day period so you don't have to lie down in a showroom. Get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king-size mattress. And to save an additional $50 as one of our audience members, simply go to casper.com slash Celtics and enter the promo code Celtics. That's casper.com slash Celtics and enter promo code Celtics. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, this is Brent Berry, and you're listening to Celtics Beat on CLNS Radio. Brought to you by American Farmers Network to receive all the big benefits of small family farms. And to eat healthy, log on to AmericanFarmersNetwork.com. 
Thanks for sticking with us here on CLNS Radio. You're here. I'm here. Howard Beck is still here. been talking a lot with the Celtics with Howard, and for good reason. We've got a lot more to get to, as the Celtics certainly warrant this type of discussion with how they've played thus far in the 2016 NBA season. But before we get back to with Howard, got some program information I want to make to our audience aware of. Tomorrow, Celtics Stuff Live is back. Justin Poole and John Duke, they're going to be joined by Scott Souza of the Metro West Daily News. Again, that is tomorrow, Monday the 7th. Check clnsradio.com for further details. The Celtics, they're back in action Wednesday night, so they're catching a little bit of a breather here. But this Wednesday in Boston, which means pre- and post-game coverage, CLNS Radio is home to game day coverage before anyone else in the lead-up to tip-off. So before Wednesday's contest against the Memphis Grizzlies, LHR, that is me, I will be joined by... Grizzlies general manager Chris Wallace. That is available at 4 p.m. Eastern time on clnsradio.com on Wednesday and the CLNS Radio mobile app. And, of course, the Garden Report, the only postgame show shot on the garden floor in crystal clear high definition to go along with raw and uncut videos from the locker room and press table. That will be available after this coming Wednesday and Friday's home games. YouTube.com slash CLNS Radio. That's YouTube.com slash CLNS Radio. Subscribe right now so you get... All that content delivered right to your computer, phone, or whatever viewing device. So there's a lot happening with the Celtics right now with them being in the third team in the conference. That's why we've been talking about them here so much with Howard Beck of the Bleach Report. Howard is still with us here. And I, Howard, I want to kind of shift the conversation a little bit and, and no coincidence whatsoever. Uh, let's talk about the Thunder, uh, the Kevin Durant guy. You know, you were just talking about how the Celtics could use a major piece. Maybe this summer, maybe as soon as early July, boy, he would fit in seamlessly in Boston, wouldn't he? Anyways, uh, the Thunder, yes, they're third in the Western Conference, but they seem to be a tear or two down from the top. So it is doubtful they're going to win a championship this year, let alone even appear in the finals for the first time since 2012. And they've been struggling here. They've lost three times to Golden State in the last month. Billy Donovan's come under fire for how he's managed some end-of-game situations against the Warriors in that game last Saturday, eight days ago, that great, great game. But they also suffered a bad loss to the Clippers back on Wednesday. Then they lost the following night in Golden State. So, Howard, I mean, I'm here. I'm here from far, man. But so do you get, but do you get the same inkling that I do that this Thunder thing that we all had them pegged as a dynasty not too long ago this could now very well go the ways of the 1990s Orlando Magic. Um, it's an interesting analogy, uh, and it's certainly possible. I think it's too soon for, for anybody to, to make any predictions about where they're going because, you know, nobody really knows what's on Durant's mind, um, for that matter, or what's on Re- Russell Westbrook's mind because, um, yeah, they've slipped a little right now. And I think uh, defensively in particular, the, the Thunder are not what they had been in, in, in some of their best years. And Serge Ibaka doesn't seem to be playing at that same, you know, dominant defensive level that he once did uh, that, that really defined them at that end of the court. Um, so I don't think this is on Billy Donovan. I, I don't think this is – I mean, this is not on any one person. This is just, one, they're uh, right now playing at a time where you've got this historic run by the Warriors. That's, I think, what it really is. Totally. It's, it's, they were right, just passed is, more yeah. than that. It's like they've fallen off the cliff. It's it's you know it's it's warping everything. What the Warriors are doing in so many ways on so many levels is warping our perceptions. And so the Warriors are on this historic run. The Spurs, for that matter, are on a historic run. They're going to threaten seventy wins. They're on pace for. I mean, if the Warriors finish with the best record in NBA history, the Spurs might finish with the third best record in NBA history um, in the same season. So you know that the Thunder are third to those two teams. I mean, come on, that we can't call it a failure. Um, you know, losing to the Clippers, 
was was not a great look. Losing to the Warriors, a game that they should have won, wasn't great. But is that truly meaningful for what may happen six weeks from now when the playoffs begin or in mid-May when we're getting to, you know, the, the deeper part of the playoffs? I, I think it's it's you know foolish to read too much into that i've seen too many you know regular season losses that people thought were you know or or, or wins for that matter that people you know thought were the be all end all to find the season and, and they it meant nothing the playoffs are a different animal um durant and, and westbrook are going to play bigger minutes in the playoffs and the the rotation is going to be shorter and those two guys on any given night can just wreck a team no matter how great defensively you are and by the way I keep saying this because I feel like it's been lost in all of the, you know, everybody being so awestruck over Curry's shot, and they should be awestruck over it. It was amazing. It never should have come to that. Durant threw the ball away with, like, two, three seconds left and a two-point lead. They had the game. The Thunder should have won that game. You know, 99 times out of 100, a team in that situation wins the game. Two-point lead, three seconds to go. Um, he threw the ball away, and then that leads to fouls, and that leads to Woodell's free throws, and that leads to an overtime, and that leads to Curry's incredible shot. Um, they should have won that game, and then we're looking at them at least slightly differently. Um, so, you know, I, I think the Thunder, in the present, they're okay. They've got as good a shot as anybody in, in the playoffs. I mean, I, I know it sounds ludicrous because the Warriors and Spurs are who they are, but the Thunder are in the discussion. And what happens after that? What Durant wants to do, we'll see when the time comes. But it, it, it's an interesting analogy with Orlando that, uh, you know, if, if these guys go from potential dynasty to, you know, everybody fleeing, um, uh, that's going to be a, a, a hell of a shock to the system for the NBA and for that market. Yeah, I just use Orlando as the example, and people forget how quickly it came undone for Orlando because in, was in 95 they made the finals, and when they made the finals, it was, uh, you know, they'll be back, and they're probably going to win about five championships, as it is, and it took well, about 13 months, and eventually Shaq was gone, and then another, a couple of years after that, and then Penny Hardaway was gone. With the Thunder, they were back in the finals way back yonder now in 2012, and it was with, like, a 21-year-old Harden, a 22-year-old Restbook, a, a 23-year-old... Durant, and after that, it was, oh, well, you know, not a big deal that they lost. And they were favored in that series. People forget. They were, I think, slight favorites in that series. Um, But when they did lose and lost in the way they did four straight games, it was, oh, they're going to be back. And now here it is sort of five years, four years, or five years, whatever it is. I can't do my math. Isn't that very good? And it just is like... Now there's so much pressure on him. I feel like years like 2013, 14. I remember talking to Brent Barry. I usually get him. I usually get bones on this show. You know, we were always doing predictions before every year, and every year it seems like he's going. You know, I think Oklahoma City. They need to get to the finals because you know the pressure's on. And you know, every year they seem to go backwards. It's you know Western Conference Finals. I mean, you just sense that there is. I mean, there. It's gonna. It's just doubtful they get to the finals unless an injury happens to Steph Curry. That's not out of the realm of the possibility. But I mean, how much pressure do you think is on them to? Because they definitely can't go second round and out. It seems like. No, I mean that that would be that would be awfully rough for Even them. Even though that um, seems likely. Well, maybe. I mean, yeah, second round right now is San Antonio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I know. Um, uh, you know, a team that they've got a bit of a playoff history with. And uh, by the way, I think at this point, since that finals, or, or I think starting with the season with the finals, so they make the finals in 12, 2012. Yeah. Um, so I think starting right around, no, no, no. I think starting the season before, cause they got to the conference finals the year before as well yeah, they in lost 2011 Dallas. 
So you go from 2011 forward, I believe the stat is that they've got as many conference finals appearances in that time as the Spurs do. That's probably correct. I think it's, um, I think it's three. I think it's right. 11, 12, and then 14. 13 was the year Westbrook got hurt, I believe, and they I think they lost in the first round that year. 14, yeah. No, and so in 13, they lose in the semis, and in 14, they lose in the conference finals. Yeah, and then last and that, year, they miss. With, with right, the and they yeah. lose in the conference finals. That was when Ibaka went down. Yeah. Um, so... So the two things that are, that are relevant here for people's perspective when they're thinking, oh, the Thunder, they just, you know, uh, they somehow, they underachieved or they, they, they petered out or, or whatever. Uh, as many conference finals as the Spurs since 2011. Um, and hand-in-hand hand with that is that, as they will quickly point out to you, they have not lost a playoff series in that time when their three stars have been healthy. The problem is their three stars have not been healthy. Last year, they're missing Durant, and the year before that, they're missing Ibaka, and the year before that, they're missing Westbrook. Um, they've had some really bad luck health-wise. Now, the results are still the results. That's fine. But it's not. You, it's oversimplifying to look at it and say this is a team that uh, – failed to meet expectations somehow because uh, you know the, the pieces didn't fit or they just weren't good enough or whatever. They didn't have the talent or they because they traded James Harden or whatever. That's what we're you forgetting know. in all this, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the first time you mentioned it. Yeah. So, but the Harden, you know, the Harden trade, I mean, that's a whole other discussion. Uh, and, and uh, you know, people's, uh, people tend to uh, miscast, I think, how that all went down. And the revisionist history on that one is, is, is pretty profound. But um, it was a deal, I think, that they had to make at the time. Uh, Harden wasn't, wasn't going to be happy in the role he, he had there. But anyway, uh, the Thunder still have a chance to make something happen here. You're right. I agree. It, it's a really steep road to get to the finals this year. But things happen, and we've been surprised before. Uh, that's the NBA. So we'll see. And then we'll see what happens in July. And, and maybe Durant, as a lot of people believe will do, takes the one plus one, where it's a one-year deal with a one-year player option, enters free agency again in 2017 when the cap's going to spike again. And Westbrook and Ibaka will have their uh, free agency hitting at that time, too. And the three of them can make a decision together. Are we staying? Are we going? Um, And I think that's the key. Because to me, Durant's decision always, always, always comes down to where can he go that's going to offer him a better shot at championships and in his prime, as he is right now, than where he is. He and Westbrook are two of the top five players in the NBA, period. Who's offering him a better partnership, better stars, than the Thunder with Westbrook and Ibaka. Now, if Ibaka's on the downhill side already, which it sometimes seems like he is this season, if Westbrook has has thoughts about leaving in 2017, those are factors. But as of right now, I don't think another team offers him a better uh, environment than that, unless you're talking about the Warriors, in which case we're talking about it, I think what's still kind of a fantasy scenario and one that's got a lot of really weird elements to it. Yeah, believe me, no one's actually rooting hard for Golden State to win 73 games and then go foe, 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 foe in the playoffs. I think that almost, like, takes it out of it. You know what I mean? That's like, that's like here's a wrestling analogy. That's the Giant joining the NWO after Hogan beat him for the championship <laughs> and spray-painted the belt, like, two weeks later. I just think about it this way, that, you know, in 2010, LeBron James was absolutely vilified, destroyed, not just by media and fans, but by the old school players, by Charles Barkley and Jordan, all these guys saying, you're not supposed to do it this way. You're not supposed to go hook up with your, you know, your rival, Dwayne Wade, and go win championships with him. You're supposed to beat him. That's the way it's done. And so his his manhood essentially was assaulted for doing that. This is a whole other level. This isn't like, and I thought LeBron, by the way, I have defended him at the time, and I would still defend that decision. Cleveland couldn't get him. Yeah, no, I would too. 
Yeah, Cleveland couldn't get him his Scottie Pippen. He had to go do it himself. So that's on Cleveland. He did what he had to do to have the right surrounding cast because all these guys ultimately need other stars with them. But history shows that again and again. But in Durant's case, it's not going to be, you know, I'm going to go connect with these couple of guys and together we're all going to win a championship or three or four. It's I'm going to go join a team that's won back-to-back titles possibly with a back-to-back MVP that's already established as, as a, a championship team. I mean, that one is, is another level. And, and you know, yeah, he's going to get killed the way that LeBron did or even more so. That doesn't mean he shouldn't do it necessarily. Uh, he still has to do whatever he thinks is right for his career. I'm, I'm not necessarily judging, but I just think it'd be really weird. I think it might be unprecedented uh, that a guy in his prime, not just, and by the he's not just an all-star and he's not just a, a superstar, not just a top five player. He's going to be one of the best players of all time, Kevin Durant. So it would be a really strange look to go join, you know, Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, um, if they've won back-to-back titles, and say, "Hey guys, I'd like to come along for the ride now." You know, I, I love it too. And I think I was even saying that the Celtics need to put together like a super pack and have negatives ads put out there, and then just not say. It. <laughs> and then even like possibly even pay people in the media to say things like that if it ever gets the free agency. Just be like, you know, you'd be vilified if you go to Golden State. But you mentioned also too the Charles Barkley, and that's what I want to get you out of here too, real quick. But when you brought Charles. When you brought Charles' names up and you, you talked about how he's criticized past players and you know or current players while comparing in the past, and you know I was shocked that he did that. I mean, you know, Charles never does anything like that, and because just also recently too, no coincidence whatsoever, he made some recent comments, and it seems like he does this every three years now. And I'm not really going to ask your opinion on this because, like, I'm rather more more curious since Bleacher and Turner had a relationship. They do. Does Charles like know he gets paid based on viewership of the NBA, and you know it's like it's like not exactly the best look when a guy trashes the league when the only <laughs> and then when the only night you see Charles, he's the friggin' analyst of the NBA's marquee game of the week. It isn't like you know he's like out in friggin' Milwaukee or whatever. I mean he's got like he's got the Monday Night Football game of the week. I want to know if there's a clause in Charles's contract that's kind of like. The, uh, the swear jar, you know, some households have the swear jar, you know, dad swears he's got to put a quarter or a dollar or something in the, in the jar. Does Charles have a clause in his contract where every time he says something that actually hurts, potentially hurts their ratings, does he have to like, you know, I don't know, give back a couple thousand or something? Uh, not that it would hurt him, but uh, it'd be funny uh, to, to, to know because I don't think so. Here's the thing. Charles is an entertainment entity unto himself. So the NBA broadcasts on TNT, and I'm speaking way out of turn here, but it's fine. Um, he's part of the entertainment. He's part of that show. And guess what? There are nights when the games are duds. And the best you can hope for in the nights when the games are duds is oh. that Charles and Kenny and Shaq are now the entertainment. So uh, I think he more than compensates. I don't want to speak for him, but I think he more than compensates for offsets, whatever uh, you know negativity he's bringing to the table. And the fact is, look, there are duds. I've been covering this league long enough. I've seen enough duds. It happens. It's the actually, actually, it's like the story. It's the story of the NBA the last thirty-five years. Anyways, just talking about how like there's only oh my god, that's such a travesty. There's only three to four good teams in the league. It's like, dude, Charles, back in your day, that was the case. If when you were playing, <laughs> if a team didn't have Michael Magic or Larry or a few other guys, everybody else stunk. No one was. I mean, he was like, oh, I I never watch the NBA. I don't watch Golden State if they're playing some scrub team. And it's like Charles. It's this. It's I mean, no one was watching Lakers 40, Kings 4 after the first quarter back then either. So I it's, I, yeah. I, I, just chuckle when I hear, like, oh, you know, the, the whole back in my day when uh, it's like it was the same story. It was, it was the, it's the ultimate have or have not league. 
Uh, yeah, and and frankly, uh, I think things are actually pretty good right now. I mean, there's a couple of teams that are just god awful. Like, I mean, if you're asking me, am I paying I to watch? It's, it? Right, it's more competitive than it was yeah. even ten years ago. Probably the middle and, and, of the team, the middle the, in, in the middle. Yes, and the middle is important. That's the whole thing, and that's a lot about what the salary cap and max salaries and everything are are, are all about, and, and the idea of quote unquote player sharing, which they they. they came up with this term after the last lockout. The idea is that you do want a lot of teams to at least be really competitive, respectable. You don't want it to be too top-heavy. And the NBA is a league because it's driven by stars, because there's only a handful of players. We, t- we use this, the term star too loosely. There's only a handful of guys who truly change your franchise by their presence um, as, as individuals. And so there are always going to be, no matter what they do, there are always going to be in any given season two, three, four five teams probably at most there's never, that, yeah, there's never been a season where there's like eight teams contending for a championship right and unless somebody snuck in through the back door like the, like nixon 99 in a lockout season you know um well that's just a bad conference though right that was and a bad east, conference the east was but, really bad back then really right, and the east, right and the east has generally been bad ever since but my point being that yeah, the NBA, because it's star-driven, there's always going to be a couple teams that, that are, are rich with stars, and those are the teams that are favored each year. And okay, well, that's fine. Um, what you want then after that is at least a bunch of teams that can talk themselves into being contenders or maybe are a year or two away or at least are competitive and are good, respectable playoff teams who play an exciting brand of ball, who are playing just a quality game. You want to minimize the number of teams that are just god-awful. And right now we're in a pretty good place, I think, where there's a there's only a few teams. Like, you know, you could watch the Lakers out of just curiosity about wanting to see if D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle were evolving or to see what Kobe's doing on his farewell tour. Other than that, the Lakers, they're not great to watch basketball-wise. The Nets are terrible to watch. The Sixers, obviously, you know, are, are designed to be terrible. And, and you know, but they also, you know, play really hard and hustle and, are, you know, can be entertaining in their own right. So, I mean, you know, I, I could almost – talk myself into any of these teams but there there are teams that are not particularly compelling that don't have the star power and don't play an exciting brand i mean that's that's just going to be the way it is um but i think overall on balance they're in a pretty good place right now howard beck bleacher report you can follow howard on twitter at howard beck thanks so much for stopping by larry great thanks for having me enjoyed it again that was Howard Beck of the Bleach Report. Can hear Howard later today on BR Radio, starting at 11 a.m., running right through to one o'clock. Uh, uh, hmm. Oh boy. Uh, wait. Uh, do I now need to go into an immediate defense mode for directing all bullet points of that great, great conversation? I'm so happy Howard enjoyed it there. For that great conversation we just had with Mister Beck into fantasizing about specific offseason acquisitions, uh, or i.e. Kevin Durant, especially. With the way these airwaves were utilized in and around the deadline in that there were crusades here that took place against the mainstream outlets who smothered their digital and visual spaces with endless and in a lot of cases contrived stories to generate cheap discussion and coverage because they know that you, the masses, you, the lemmings, love that stuff. And while it's absolutely harmless in the world of sports, it's more than entrenched itself in every other aspect of what we deem to be very important in our society, you know, like elections and the election, I mean, that whole, that's a charade in theater. That is, uh, you know, the light bulb for me actually finally went off. And I wanted to get into something diabolical. Like, I don't know, like scheming, if you will, in a moment here. But, uh, you know, I, uh, let me just, I'll, I'll sort of tell you, and I'm going to use the elections here. Okay, so these elections, 
you know, they're here every year, but when the presidential race rolls around every four years, I mean, it just, it really, really freaking highlights how absolutely stupid and brain dead and utterly naive a good 90% of this country is. I mean, a good 90%, nine out of every 10, if not more. Like at this point, you know, sort of like with me going on those crusades about how the media operates here in the information age, there's a part of me that's like, wake me up when there's a legitimate revolution there and a revolution that would truly be in the public interest. But for now, I'm just going to laugh. I mean, I'm just going to drive myself mad if because it's just not worth my time. I mean, I only get agonized by it. So to make myself feel better, I'm just going to have to laugh at how easily people are manipulated, how they fall head over heels for this absolute nonsense. And you see that absolutely tenfold during election season. Absolutely freaking brutal how people's minds are made up for them. And it's just hopeless and impossible to make them aware of this. People are so caught up in that phony paradigm and they can't differentiate between the shadows and real life. So rather than going around trying to shake people's heads and kick some sense into people, I mean, just go around and laugh at the pure idiocy and quite frankly, just take advantage of it for yourself. Take advantage of it for yourself. They're playing game. You play the game and you continue to fool the knuckleheads. Play it at your levels. So where where am I getting at here? Well, that light bulb went off with Howard. You know, I, I love it too. And I think I was even saying that the sellers need to put together like a super pack and have negatives ads put out there and then just not say <laughs> it. And then even like possibly even pay people in the media to say things like that. If it ever gets the free agency, just be like, you know, you'd be vilified if you go to Golden State. Like, ding, 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 ding. You talk about a potential plan for the Celtics to catch a big fish. And when I hear the Celtics and free agent X or trade target Y, stop wasting people's time. First off, there's nothing that I hate more than hypotheticals because I know it's a ploy by the business aspect of the media to catch the eyes and the clicks and the download numbers of the audience. And likewise, I hate the trade ideas that people run through the trade checkers. It's pointless. I mean, this past week, the the Jimmy Butler stuff, it didn't happen. So it's like, whatever. This is now weeks in a history. There's no possibility that can happen for months on end. So I just don't understand. Whatever. That that should be it. But the business knows that people eat it up, and I hate that. I hate media talking heads who get on the airwaves and use stupid, if I'm Danny Ainge, like that. And it just, just, just does nothing but generate cheap interest in something that's otherwise stale. And it's worse is it's a mindless drivel of pointless ideas like, uh, you know, I hope the Celtics make a playoff push right there and then maybe make a trade for Blake Griffin. And then you hope it's enough to get a guy like a Kevin Durant. And then you got something there in Boston. That's just, I don't care. It doesn't do anything for me. And it shouldn't do anything for anybody else. And first off, I just don't go for those ideas. There's no creativity to it. And you want to talk about ideas about getting players, we just we just had it, right? And I say F it. All in. Ends justify the means. You come up with a real blueprint. You come up with a real game plan. You see how you can warp realities, how you can shape opinions. What the power of controlling the dialogue, controlling discussion can do to our world, be it in the political realm or sports. So if this is really what you crave, you know, how are the Celtics going to get this guy? How are they going to get that out of Boston? Okay, well, fine. You know what? We're going to play that game. We'll play that game for you. Here's that. Here is an If I'm Danny Ainge for you. First off, I'm going to need some evil music. There, ah, yeah, there we go. Yes, thank you. If I'm Danny Ainge. 
If I'm Danny Ainge, if I'm the Boston Celtics, I'm going on full throttle and justify the means a dirty tricks propaganda campaign. That's what I'm doing if I'm the Boston Celtics. You hear in these silly elections, uh, yeah, the, the lollipop campaign is uh, really doing a good job uh, hammering home that message of positive change, and it's it's really resonating with the people. Well, the Celtics need to go on a campaign of that sort. And you can only do that with so many billboards and so many Facebook posts and tweets. You're going to have to be a lot more aggressive on focusing everything to inflate everything that is the Celtics. I'm feeding information to some reporters like, Kevin Durant may be offered a seat in the United States Congress if he signs with the Celtics. Hey, can I report that? Yeah, yeah. You know what, if you want. But you don't have to. But if you want, you know, yeah, feel free. Just don't name me. I'm flooding the presses with that nonsense. I'm creating a Kevin Durant Boston Celtics super PAC. I'm running negative ads in Oklahoma City and tossing in a disclaimer at the very end. The Boston Celtics are in no way responsible for the contents of this advertising. I'm cutting deals with national talking heads in the media. And all you need is a couple because that gets everyone else caught up in the crap storm. And I'm feeding them talking points. And, you know, you return the favor with whatever. I mean, you, you can get creative in that. But you know some of these guys aren't making the most money despite the fact that you see their faces everywhere. So win them over. Pitch them talking points and ask them to act it up a little bit. I mean, not like they don't do already. I mean, but, you know, just play, you know, go, 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 go. Kevin Durant must leave Oklahoma City. And he, he just he cannot bandwagon on Golden State Warriors. Like Kevin Durant, you know, the right thing for him to do is, is to look at a place like East, maybe with the, with the uh, uh, path to the championships a little easier. He can take a team like uh, that's on the rise uh, to a championship level. Uh, you know, let's say like uh, Boston would be a great fit for first him, for instance. Uh, you, I mean, you know, he goes there, uh, you know, a guy across the table. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Celtics would be a great fit for Kevin Durant. I mean, what does that mean for his legacy? Uh, if he takes the Boston Celtics to a championship, he may be the greatest athlete in the history of team sports and, 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 and a front runner for the president of the United States. I mean, you know, it's just the stupidest right? And, and But that'll travel. Everyone else hops on that. And all you need is a few guys doing that on a few shows that we deem credible. And now you're directing people in the direction that you want to direct them in. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's bring our NBA insider. Oh, yeah, I spoke with some sources close to me. Just keep that going along with this circus act and let that spill over, you know, the same way you get this nonsense in the big corporate cable news channels. And people can pretend all they want that they're free-thinking individuals, but they just aren't. They're pulled and they're taken in the directions interest want them so. And I don't see anything wrong with doing it here, particularly with a cause as justifiable as this, Mission Banner 18. You know, also, too, people act like these guys, like when they're in these free agency decisions, that they sit in a cold, dark room and they're thinking to themselves, like, yeah, ma, hold on, I need to... Give me a few moments here. I've got to decide where I'm going to be playing basketball for the next seven years of my life. I, it's a, uh, it doesn't work that way. These, you know, these guys, no matter what they want to believe, other people are in their ears. They play heavily into these decisions, if not indirectly make them themselves. Like, I mean, first off, this Nate Jones dude on, on Twitter, who is this guy? Anyway, I mean, it's something like he used to be Kevin Durant's shoe guy or something. I just... I feel like I now know him inside out because Celtics fans have been following his tweets about adver- you know, advising Durant to, to play for Boston incessantly. So, I mean, who is this guy? I, I, don't, I don't care. We need him. So, for those about to rock Nate Jones, we salute you. This guy, for all I care about, should be ahead of this Kevin Durant to Boston Super PAC. I mean, have him write the freaking teleprompter scripts for the, the major networks, for goodness sake. Pay him off. The Bush White House was doing it. They rallied up all their Mark Levins and Sean Hannity's and Rush Limbaugh's during their darkest hours. And those guys, to an audience of millions, reiterate exactly what Carl Wolf told them to tell their audience of millions, and thus shape not just public opinion, but perception. So F it. Use the political dirty tricks. It goes on everywhere. 
people are too stupid to figure out much of it, use it. Utilize every dirty, rotten trick possible if it's really about unturning every rock and uh, every stone and stretching the limits possible to bring home Banner 18. Most importantly, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. You don't just stop at 18. It's for a good cause. So, you know, there's only so much to, you know, just talking about Brad and the fans, the tradition, and putting those little videos up there. I only go so far. You know, why can't some of our friends in the media, why can't they just get a head start on this right now without being nudged? Why can't they just break these journalistic ethical codes? I mean, especially in sports. It's just in sports. I mean, hello. Come on. Chris Forsberg. Jay King. Who else on the Celtics beat? Or anyone for that matter. I know you still have emotional interest in the well-being of the franchise. It's time to think of a greater good and make necessary sacrifices. Sacrifices that aren't really even sacrifices. I'm sure you can be well compromised. But necessary measures to do what is best for the Celtics. What is best for the city of Boston. What is best for Red. You know, do it for Red. Do it for Red. This is for Red. It's for the Paquet. For the Rafters. The history. I am a Celtic. Viva la Revolution. We'll be right back. Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated and they all try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That is why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. See Kevin Durant play in Boston during 2016. The Oklahoma City Thunder visit the TD Garden on March 16th, and I use the SeatGeek app on my phone to look at tickets not just for that game, but all other sports and concerts as well. You don't have to be just from the area to use it. It's anywhere in the country. SeatGeek aggregates all available tickets online into one place to save you time and money. The SeatGeek app enables you to set alerts for upcoming events, and SeatGeek themselves will let you know if ticket prices fall. Listeners, you get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. Here's how to get your $20 rebate on tickets. Download the free SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code and enter promo code CELTICSBEAT. That's CELTICSBEAT and all one word, no space. SeatGeek will then send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code CELTICSBEAT to claim your $20 today. You know, I, I made a little reference there to Howard about Durant joining the Thunder would be like that. Uh, what you're hearing now for any of you children of the 90s, like myself, who grew up with actually spending prime years of your life watching pro wrestling. But yes, exactly. Oh, there it is. More NWO comparisons. Like, here's Kevin Durant joining the freaking Warriors coming off back-to-back titles. 70-plus wins. But, but boy, there. It's going to be a lot of fun with this. I, I figured I'd get a head start. This is certainly going to be a storyline, and why would it not with just a reference on how this show is stuff is peddled. But, 
Yeah, March 16th, not too long away here with the Thunder coming into town. A lot of the mainstream outlets are going to run with that, and it'll be like the old, can the Celtics get this guy? Yeah, I think they can. Just whatever. I laid out a real game plan there before the break uh, of how it's going to get done. And, of course, what happens on the court could be a factor, too. And it wasn't like this conversation just came up out of the blue here. Yeah, the Thunder are in town in a week and a half, and you want to grab some seats. Definitely, as stated, check out the SeatGeek app. No way you'll get in cheaper. And, and, as a loyal listener of this show... A $20 rebate, yes, 20 bucks back at you on your first purchase. Download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, click add a promo code, and enter promo code SELIXBEAT. That's SELIXBEAT, all one word. But yes, the Celtics are doing their part, huh? Alone at third in the Eastern Conference, riding a 13-game home winning streak. 12 games over 500 after last night's loss of the Cavs in Cleveland. A game in which none of us really expected them to win anyways. I think anyone... Where I mean, if you're one of those who break this down on a week-by-week basis, which uh, is what we do since this is a weekly show, who doesn't sign up for a 3 and one week at the beginning of the week? Yes, I mean, last night both teams were on a back-to-back, but the Cavs were on a rare home back-to-back, and ESPN's Dave McMenamin, who was on the pregame show on CLNS Radio yesterday, if you want to listen to that, it's on the website, clnsradio.com. The Cavs uh, essentially played only just three quarters Friday night at home. They rested Kevin Love while the Celts, I mean, yes, they're great in these back-to-backs. They're almost better when they have some extended rest, but that's not the most ideal scenario for any team to be in. It's not an excuse. Can definitely go back on that if Boston lose two games at home this week. I mean, Celts, their schedule is light this coming week. For those those of us who are greedy right here, and there's a lot of us who fall into that category, uh, you see me dedicating 80% of this show to what we just talked about. You know, the 50-win threshold, which, by the way, I actually don't see that one. I mean, I broke down the schedule. They're going to have to win all the remaining games they're favored in and then win two more that they're not. So, essentially, it's a perfect run from here. But just two games coming up this week, both at home against Western Conference foes, which, by the way, here's a Sean Grandy-esque stat for you. Since January 22nd of last year, so January 22nd of 2015, and that's not some just that's not an obligatory date either. That's when the Celtics got their first West Coast win Western Conference road win, excuse me, under Brad Stevens. People forget that stretch of futility there. So since last January 22nd, when the Celtics went into Portland to beat the Blazers, the Celts are 19-18 and 18 against Western Conference teams, when for the longest time, particularly on the road, they could not beat them. So they've hung in there against the vaunted West, and now you know, you've got two lower-tiered teams in the playoffs coming in, you know, two fringe playoff teams at home, chance to catch a breather, but still, two things to watch out for. Yes, Memphis will not have Marcus Hall, but Boston has struggled against Bigs all year. Is that going to catch up to them this week? Even in this recent stretch of winning, it's been an issue. You know, of course, the Rockets with Howard. And then the rest factor, too. Yes, it's great Boston has a chance, as I said, to catch a breather after a busy week. But, hey, you can't ignore the fact that they're 15-20 and 20 under Brad Stevens when the team is two or more days of rest, which is what they're going to have coming up here. But as stated, if you want this team to succeed this year, not just to amuse you as a fan, but to enhance the perception of where this franchise is at around the league, free agents, and you want a challenge for 50 wins and set yourself up to win a playoff series or two, I don't want to get too greedy, you know, these are two home games against Memphis and Houston. They're two you're going to want to put in the bank before the team embarks on a really tricky week the following week with a tough Pacers Thunder back-to-back thrown in there. Got the You're in Toronto at the end of the week. And then there's a long, grueling West Coast road trip that's not too far in the distant future itself. But back to that Cavs game. Listen, we knew the Cavs would come into that game guns ablazing after how that matchup in February went down. Cavs want a revenge. That Cavs team, you may have to play them in the postseason. The one that swept Boston in the playoffs last year, that was it last night. Cleveland was geared for that game with not just the position they were in being at home the last few days, but as I've stated now, 
where they were mentally. Boston was not going to come in there and catch the Cavs in a bad spot. No way. Quite the contrary. They were getting ready there for their playoff mode, their A game. And the Cavs did end up bringing up their A game because of that revenge factor from the February 5th matchup. So if you want to continue to look at this as a glass half full, I guess it was good for the Celtics to get that experience. Now, I know a big takeaway was... Oh, Boston kind of came on down after the officials really seemed to take over after the Celtics got off to that great start and built up that early 18-point lead. And yes, that's true. The team was definitely out of sync from there on in the rest of the night. But, you know, those aren't even my words, by the way. Those are Jared Sellinger's. But yes, I still think this team has a way to go in that department. But they've definitely improved from a team standpoint there. There's no question because there was a point in this season and as late as mid-January, as a matter of fact, and how I was getting a little peeved and I made those feelings quite known on this show, I thought this was an incredibly mentally weak team. Just wasn't, you know, not just winning close games. And remember, it was not even until January 16th to when the Celtics finally won a game in which they did not possess a 10-point lead in when they beat the Wizards uh, on that date down in Washington. But there were so many instances where you saw, you know, things were not going well at various points of a game, whether it was late in the game or not, just, you know, some of the role guys, younger guys, they weren't making shots. And then veteran players like, I mean, I'm going to name names, Isaiah Thomas, Evan Turner, they'd kind of take matters into their own hands. And it would just seemingly throw everything off from a team standpoint. But Boston is much better there now, now much, much better. That and We're going to talk about plays at the end of a game. That Knicks game, some are going to say, you know, you could poo-poo it saying, oh, I mean, they barely beat the Knicks at home. I mean, Listen, I'm, that's a game I'm not sure this team wins earlier in the year. They made the plays that they did, particularly those unbelievable Jared Sullinger outlet passes. Okay, they stole that one at home. And there are many nights when even the best teams in the league need to revert to scumming games against the worst teams. And that's a game, like I said, I'm not sure they win that at the beginning or even the middle of the season. You know, the Lakers and the Nets losses at home around the holidays that highlights everything what we just said but those two games Lakers and the Nets that that played out exactly how that Knicks game was playing out on Friday and the same way that I kind of point at winning back-to-back games on the road out west last year in Portland and Denver at the end of January as sort of a turning point for the team last year and even for this whole Brad Stevens thing That game in mid-January against the Pacers where they came up with four steals at the end of the game to beat Indiana when the Celtics were playing awful going into that game and didn't really play that well at night. And then the season, it really looked like it was ready to unravel there in my eyes. But the way Boston won that game, and since then, they're finding a way to to scum wins, which is great. Winning a lot more games with a less-than-A game effort, which was the only way they were winning games at the beginning of the year. This team is most certainly developing. This team is growing. This team is evolving. Now it's on to this week. As stated, it's very light. But if anything goes wrong here, it may be a week we do look back upon. So we'll see how it plays out coming up. We do hope we're back here next Sunday to come to sum up a perfect week before some real meat is on the plate the following week. But uh, speaking of meat, before we go, uh, I got a great, great response from a few of our listeners last week who, who took advantage of some of those great sales I was talking about on last week's show going on on AmericanFarmersNetwork.com on some of those incredible deals on those steak combos for certified organic 100% grass-fed steak. Again, over on American Farmers Network. It's really pretty cool contest, by the way. They're offering that. I'm actually taking a part of it in right now. So you actually want to head on over to AmericanFarmersNetwork.com for details. Definitely want to give that a look. We love contests here, right? We got that. Uh, We Obviously, the tickets, again, Wednesday, March 23rd against the Raptors. 
subscribe, rate, and review. Sell Speed on iTunes to hop into that. And then, of course, our partnership with SeatGeek allows you to get a $20 rebate on your first ticket purchase using the Sell Speed promo code. So there's really some great opportunities here. We're so happy to be working with those whom we work with. And it's all thanks to our audience who tunes in every week, helps us get these great guests, and we put on these great shows. So, of course, obviously, the team is kicking ass on the court. That's allowing us to do so much more at CLNS Radio, the leading provider of online audio video coverage for the Boston Celtics, and home to the number one podcast on the web, which covers the NBA's winningest franchise. Until next week, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Celtics Beat. Music for Celtics Beat was provided by Will Rock, DJ The S, Chuck Dietz, and Steph LeGrateau. Be sure to follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle is Celtics underscore Beat. And you can like Celtics Beat on CLNS Radio on Facebook to keep up with the show at Facebook.com slash Celtics Beat. Also, check us out on Google Plus, Celtics Beat on CLNS. Love to thank our guest, Howard Beck from Bleacher Report, as well as our sponsors, Casper, SeatGeek, and American Farmers Network for making this all possible. For our staff writer, Eddie Santiago, program director, Nick Gelso, and myself, the executive producer and host of Celtics Beat, I'm Larry H. Russell. See you next Sunday for another edition of Celtics Beat, powered by CLNS Radio.